All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer Spin the One and Twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. All right, real quick before we get to the uh, Carolina news, uh, Panthers, let's go to Facebook Live. We've got Dante Evans checking in, and he says, First off, another blowout loss by the Spurs, but we tried our best. So good, moral victory, shaking my hand. So very being very sarcastic, Dante, I feel you. We'll get to that here shortly. Uh, if the Lions pull off the upset against the Niners, do you think we start looking at Kyle Shanahan like Andy Reid before he got Mahomes? Or just a great coach that can't get over the hump? That's a damn good question, Dante Evans. That's probably one of the better questions I've had on Facebook Live in a minute. Um, No disrespect to anybody else because I love all y'all's questions. Um, You know, look, I haven't heard anybody start thinking about that and taking that angle. Um, When you look at how many times uh, that Kyle, this regime, you know, led by John Lynch in the front office, and Kyle that has gotten to, um, you know, one Super Bowl, and now they'll be heading to their third conference championship game in a matter of the last five or six years. Um, I think that's a heck of a – I think if you go that way and that's the way you look at it, Dante, I think Andy Reid is probably a good comparison. But when you say – now, look, when you say Mahomes – and see, this is where I kind of differentiate. Like, Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not saying this is what you're saying, Dante, but I, I want to make it clarify to the listeners the way I see this and the way I feel, in my opinion, it should be looked at. Um, and I don't think I would share this opinion alone. But Patrick Mahomes did not make Andy Reid. Okay? Like, and, and again, this is not what I know this is not what Dante was trying to say. But the bottom line is we've got to remove ourselves from this notion and thinking that just because it's a generational Hall of Fame quarterback that, oh, that coach, that that coach ain't really. Do- no, like I said, you're going to see the difference when Andy Lee, you will see the difference in the Chiefs, I think, in general, when Andy Reid leaves. They're not going to fall off the cliff. They're still going to be competitive, compete for the playoffs, but there's going to be a difference. And when I say difference, probably the consistency part. Okay, when you got good coaches like Andy Reid, it's the consistency. So back to the Kyle Shanahan question. Um well, the one thing I would ask you, Dante and everybody, if if you if we had to assess the 49ers right now, up until this this John Lynch and this, you know, Kyle Shanahan duo, cuz keep in mind they came in together as rookies and got like six-year deals or so that is unheard of in the NFL for somebody that's never been a general manager before in the league and somebody that never was a head coach. They rolled the dice and it paid off. Now, if we look at this in its totality, this era, the John Lynch and, you know, Kyle Shanahan. If you're really paying attention to this, and I might ask you, what is the one thing that has really held them back from probably winning a Super Bowl? And I think the answer to that is health. And you could probably say maybe up until now, health at the quarterback position. When you talk about Jimmy Garoppolo getting hurt at the worst times in the playoffs, when you talk about going into last year in Philly and in the first four, three minutes of the game, having, uh, you know, pretty for sure in the first quarter, having Brock Purdy, uh, you know, suffer almost damn what would need is a Tommy John surgery. 
uh, couldn't move his arm. It's bad fortune. When you look at now, when you go into Sunday's game against Detroit, it's 50-50 whether Debo's going to be there. And if he's not, so when I look at it, I don't know if it's so much because, because I don't think you really need, and I know for a fact, you don't need a Patrick Mahomes to win a Super Bowl. You don't. Does it help? Hell yeah. Does everybody want that generational quarterback to, in the NFL that's going to make if an average coach's job, either, let alone a Hall of Fame coach like Andy Reid and the trajectory that I think Kyle Shanahan is on? Even though we got to get his daddy in first. The guy that started all this stuff. But I do feel that the narrative would probably be starting to look at to see, okay, where do we put Kyle? Because I remember I had somebody message me about a few months ago. Uh, we were talking about this, and we were kind of talking about the Sean Payton situation. And somebody said, well, Kyle needs to win one. Like, before we put him in there and that he's got to win one, which I think is fair, but I know what I see with my naked eyes. I know what I've seen this guy way before he got to the 49ers, dude. I knew what Kyle, maybe not as the head coach, but I've seen what he's done as a coordinator. And the quarterbacks that look like, okay, but Kyle leaves, like, okay. So, um, but it's a damn good question, Dante. I don't know if, because you got to think, Andy Reid went to what? Three straight NFC Championship games. He cashed in one Super Bowl. And unfortunately, his time, what was it? It was in the middle of a prime dynasty run in, in Tom Brady in New, in New England. Tom was right in his prime at that time. And, and I've said this, I think, Monday, and I'll say it again. It's the damn, when we, we, we don't talk about it during the, during the course of going through it. Because no one talked about it then, but I talked about it Monday when it's like Carl Malone, Patrick McSee. When we talk about the guys in the NBA from that 90s that don't have rings now, the Patrick Mahomes, the Barclays, the Reggie Millers, Stockton, what do we say now? Might not, oh, well, damn, they, there was the Jordan there, man. Ran up against Jordan. Ran up against Phil. And I think that goes the same way a little bit for Andy. And I think Andy, I mean, hell, nobody's won that division back-to-back -back in the NFC East since Andy left it. And Andy's been gone a while now. Um, But but damn good question, though. Uh, but can't get over the hump. I See, I can't go with that part because there's, you, not only do you have to have talent, you got to have everybody in the building pulling on one rope from the top GM all the way down to the coach. But the reality is you got to need, you have to have a little bit of luck, too. You got to have a little, you got to be healthy and you got to be lucky. So is it not getting over the hump or just can't be, can't stay healthy and be lucky enough to stay healthy? Those are two different things in my opinion. What do you got? Well, first off, I, I feel like with Shanahan, we all still kind of, and I'll put, I'll put myself in there. We still kind of hold that Falcons loss against him, even though Dan Quinn was technically head coach. The, the, the offense sputtering out in the second half to blow the 28 to three really feels that, you know, that Shanahan kind of gets that on his reputation. Um, and, and, of course, again, he wasn't a head coach at the time. But when you look at, at, what, at what point, because when, when Andy Reid started coaching in the NFL, I was eight years um, Well, as a head coach with the Eagles, I was eight years old. What year was that again? 99. Oh. Um, they didn't make the playoffs his first year, 5-11. and 11. But at what point in his career would you say that this rep he built this reputation of being able to get close but not over the hump? At what point in his tenure in his career? 
I think it, it I think it went through the Don McNabb era. I think Don McNabb um, and it's through that era where they had, you know, well, the Manac- three, you, 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 not early on, but I think at that time, whatever that era was that he went to, whatever year span that was, he went to three straight NFC championship games. I think that's the era that Dante's talking. That's the era that we're talking about. That's what it is. Okay. Well, well that, that was within his first six years. Okay. Okay. So uh, well, I asked because I wanted to have a time frame mm-hmm. as to how far we, uh, we, uh, you know, gauge. Mm-hmm. Shanahan's success. So then, if you Shanahan right now is in year seven, so if you feel like at that point that's when he built that reputation, Shanahan is there now. Um, but I don't put. But this is the thing, though. We can't put everything and paint it with the same brush. It's not that simple. Because at the end of the day, that's why I'm pushing back on it. Andy Reid, I mean, other than Terrell Owens going to the Super Bowl and he's trying to remarkably come back from a bad ankle injury where he healed and slept in an oxygen chamber to get ready to limp around Super Bowl and you had Donovan Nab hurling and throwing up, injuries didn't keep it. Like, injuries wasn't – Andy Reid at that time – you couldn't say, oh, well, you know what? He just, his quarterback can't stay healthy. He lost his quarterback in the NFC Championship game. Or he lost, you can't say that. So to me, with Shanahan getting over the hump, he's been unlucky. You know, we, well, look, we're, some of us are celebrating the fact that Detroit Lions are going to a conference championship game. Hell yeah. For the first time in over 30 some years. There only there there is a short list in the National Football League since the merger that hasn't even played in a Super Bowl. Do y'all know what teams those are? Since the merger, Detroit's one of them. Cleveland's one of them. Um, there's one more. Jacksonville's one of them. Well, yeah, I mean, if you have to start factoring, you know, reestablished franchises like maybe Houston. Hey, point blank. The, those teams, I've t- they have not played in a Super Bowl in the Super Bowl era since the merger. The bottom line is my point for bringing that up is we're talking about a guy. Speaking of Kyle and even with Andy, you know, the one thing you want is a guy that can build. It's even harder now because it's not salary cap. Build consistency and stability in regards to are they giving the team a chance every year to have a chance? Because you can have some of them say, hey, and we're talking about a organization that has had plethora of success before Kyle Shanahan showed up. Okay, they might have had some down years going to the Mike Singletary years and all that kind of stuff. The Chip Kelly experiment was horrible. But we're talking about the home of Joe Montana and Bill Walsh that invented a whole damn system called the West Coast that's still running today. What are we talking about? Sometimes we like so when we want to sit there and say, well, is this the point where we well, no, because Andy and like I don't have the greatest memory, but we wouldn't talk. Kyle has had bad luck. And no, I don't think you can put that Atlanta lost on him and because he was a coordinator, because first the way I look at it, they might not even be there without Kyle Shanahan. Matt Ryan didn't come close to having an MVP season until he was that was he was calling the plays in his ear. So. Um, to get Kyle at the big boy table when it's all said and done, no matter how co- long he's going to coach or whatever, yes, I will concede he's got to he's got to cash in at least one chip. 
But to sit there and think because if this guy doesn't get over the hump or he, you know, if he keeps getting snake bitten, now Debo's hurt or his quarterback gets to sit there and say, oh, well, you know what? He wasn't really that good. No, man, the guy is steady in these damn conference championship games. Well, again, you're steady there, but you can't get over the hill. So how long are you going to give Shanahan the, uh, to give, to get over the hill before he starts to, as Dante Evans asks, establish that reputation like Andy to where you can get them there, but you just can't take the final step? Well, well, I think to answer your question, I don't have a time frame on him because I think at the end of the day, he's a great coach and always going to be a great coach. Well, then it just I, seems I like think, you can't. No, it, no, but, on the no, it's not bias. It's just that I'm not. Look, is, is Reggie Miller not a great player because he never won a championship? Is Charles Barkley not one of the top 50 players ever to win this game because he won a championship? We're, when we ain't talking no four out of seven, bro, we're well, talking Shanahan's about your ben- career is not done, and we're talking about a reputation. Right. And Reggie I, Miller's reputation can be he couldn't take a team to a championship and win a championship. That can be his reputation. That can be, but that's not really his reputation. The guys from that era is that he played against Jordan. He lost in a game seven to Jordan. Uh, look. You arguably you can if you wanted to let let's 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 put it this way I'll meet you halfway you and Dante if you want to there can be a section of people to say okay well you know what Kyle just can't get over the hump right now if we want to have if you want to have that take and that opinion that's your opinion I don't look at it that way because that's the reason why I bring you Detroit go ask Detroit Lions fans go ask Cleveland Brown fans go ask New York Jets fans go ask Jacksonville fans hey man you know if you had to sit around and you just had a coach that couldn't get over the hump but you competing for conference championships every year in the post would you take that uh they'd all sign up two years ago a losing franchise would take that but a, a, a franchise with expectations with a legacy of winning that's not what you take. In San Antonio, we don't take that. In Dallas, they don't take that. No, I no. Well, first of all, you Dallas have an expectation set yeah, to win. That's fine. And what I'm telling You're, you, so don't but, bring the but, losing franchises into that because but, they look at it from a whole different but, perspective. But, and what I'm telling you is, is that there was a losing going on in 49ers before Kyle showed up. But like you said, it it wasn't really that long. Okay, you had mm-hmm. four, what four years between him and Harbaugh. Yes, but I don't think. Listen. Put it this way. They don't win Saturday. Lions go in there, upset them, whatever. I don't think that you'll hear anybody from 49ers media in San Francisco or fan to say, hey, you know what? We might be looking at a different situation because Kyle just can't get us over the hump. I don't think that's going to be the case. I mean, we have the conversation over there in Buffalo. Now, they they just can't get to another uh, the rung of steps below. They just can't get past the divisional round. Okay, because they keep running into the boogeyman. Okay. Mr. Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Who's, I think, has now eliminated Josh Allen and the Bills two or three times now. All right. Okay. So if we can look at it for the Bills, then we can also look at it that way for the Niners. Because wow. it's, it, it is that point to where, and, they, and I think it would be fair to them. Because for a fan base to look at it and say, what is it that's just stopping us? Because you're not even talking about. Winning a Super Bowl, we're talking about winning a conference championship. So you're saying we get to the conference championship and we lose, and we get to the conference championship and we lose. And what I and I would say what's stopping them is health at the quarterback position. That has summed up their and I said this like a month and, and ago. They've, so they've got it this year. You now have a level of consistency at quarterback. Well, if Debo don't play, they don't have it. 
Okay, but the quarterback position. You said health at the quarterback well, position. Well, Debo's not a quarterback. But but health in general. Well, I, I mean, nobody health. gets to the Super Bowl healthy. Well, true, true. But uh, but also so injuries. Stop, stop moving the bench. No, place. I'm not, man. I'm not. I'm not doing what you usually do. I'm telling you that I'm telling you there's levels to all injuries too. But I just feel it this way is that this is what I say to get to one of the all time great coaches. No matter how much I talk him up, anybody loves Kyle Shanahan. This and this or whatever the Kyle Shanahan tree. He's got to win a Super Bowl. But to sit there and think because if he falls on his ass or they lose against Detroit or they beat Detroit but they lose in the Super Bowl, to sit there and say, oh, you know what, man? Is Kyle overrated or, or is Kyle? Why can't he nobody's, get him over the hump? Nobody's seeing overrated. Well, that's how I insinuate well, that. Well, if that's how you want to take it, that's how you, want, that's how you take it. That's, that's fine. That's a personal decision. But I, I think it's fair to Dante's question that if he loses a third consecutive conference championship, then we can put him at Andy Reid territory from 2006. That's fine. And say, you know what? Right now, right now, because he's not done. He hasn't retired. He has a, what? That was Andy Reid 20 years ago. So he has time to rewrite his story. But right now, if they lose his conference championship, it is safe to say, in my opinion, Kyle Shanahan is that coach that can get you there, but can't get you over the hump. I'm with you, Dante. And I love Shanahan. No, I, but I but I just sit there and say he can't like if you want to say this is healthy going in because fine if we're just talking the quarterback situation then I will sit there and say this will be his first conference championship with the healthy quarterback then if he doesn't get hurt during the course of the game. So every every prediction we make on this show for the last twenty years has been a prediction made off assuming good health. Whether we predict in August before the season starts in the courts, it's always assuming that there's going to be Mc, good Mc, health. Puked on the field, right? Well, yeah, because he's dehydrated, he's out of shape, but he was there. But that was it's a health factor. Patrick Mahomes goes into a Super Bowl with a bum ankle. That's a that's a health factor. Well, he's also went into a Super Bowl with a badass offensive line, got his ass kicked too. But we didn't put it all on him. We saw exactly what we saw our eyes at. He had injuries at the offensive line. You listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. In the fan lane, envy in my rear view, meals in my windshield, keep them in the clear view. She 
Cheers to my partners who got it. All right, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos, broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pillin Whiskey. Pillin Whiskey is an oak barrel aged uh, distilled whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier fed spring waters added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Pillin Whiskey. Is the official spirit of the Pro Road Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association, and it's the official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, which is the PBR Velocity Tour, and it's an official whiskey of the Sports Grind, and an official sponsor of the Sports Grind as well. Eight seven seven three seven grind. All right, before we transition into basketball, uh, but good question though about Dante. And yes, Jonah, I see, I see kind of what you're saying. I have no problem if people want to say that's where it is. I look at it a little bit different, but eventually, and I think those conversations might start now if that happens. And I do think Detroit has more than a puncher's chance of beating them uh, as well, too. And it's and, and that's with a healthy Debo or not. Now, 49 is going to have a hell of a motivation factor because they were in this game last week and feel like they last year, excuse me, and feel like they were cheated. But we'll break down more of the game uh, and the elements of it tomorrow. Uh, but real quick before we switch over to um, – the NBA, the Panthers have made a hire. Uh, they have hired Dave Canales, which is the Tampa Bay Bucks offensive coordinator. Um, this was announced today. Their search kind of stayed quiet. Um, I'm assuming the owner. Uh, he's had practices that absolutely applied to the Rooney Rule. I didn't see who they interviewed was drum because this one was quiet. Well, I, again, I think Aviro. Vero was there. I think, okay. he, I think he interviewed for that job because, of okay. course, he was defensive coordinator. Right. Um, look, you know, I think Dave did a decent job and a pretty good job with Baker, the chemistry. But I feel that, you know, normally when um, – I don't even know offhand how long Dave Canales has been in the National Football League in regards to coordinators or where his thoughts were before. Um, but I know for a fact this is his first head coaching job uh, in the NFL. And the way I look at this is when you go through certain things as an organization and you have – you know, a perception of not being stable and you look at this owner and you look at the amount of coaches he has fired, not just with the Panthers, but his other team or whatever, I think it's a soccer team or somebody else he owns. Um, no disrespect to Dave, but this is kind of the realm of where you're picking from. Like you're going to have to go with a first head coach. Cause remember I always say there's only 32 of them. And therefore when you're talking about, the Bill Belichick's, the you know, uh, Harbaugh's, the Sean, Carroll. the Pete Carroll. The, when, when you talk about those guys, they're more. You can be more selective in where do you go when you're an upcoming young coordinator like this. Regardless if it's a shaky owner or he hasn't been committed, he's fired one coach one year, done not even a year. You got to take that job, and I think this is a this is a win win for both. Uh, because what's his name? Dave Tapper is that the uh, owner? Yeah, David name? Tepper. David Tepper. He. This is the, this is the owl. Remember, I, we talked about yesterday with the Broncos having a shop in the non you know non name brand cereal owl. This is the type of in the circle of where Carolina was going to have to get their next coach because I don't think yes because I don't think anybody established was going to be running to take this job to work for him because right I mean he might be a great guy. He might be, um, you know, 
quote unquote, don't micromanage. But he has a reputation right now where we, it just doesn't look like it's a good situation to go work for with an owner like that. For one, that basically, what do you do? Spill a drink on some fan? Oh, no, he threw a drink. Or threw a drink at a fan in Jacksonville or Miami, wherever that was in Florida. It was Jacksonville. Jacksonville. So, yeah. So to me, because there, there's been no rumblings about Dave Canales for years. Like you, you start hearing guys that are getting hot. You know, like last year, Steichen was hot. Uh, you know, D'Amico Ryan's was hot. You know, Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, is hot. He's probably going to get one of these jobs. This one came out a little bit of left field, and I think it has to do because those inquiring of those that were going besides of the Vireo guys on the staff heater, he wasn't. It, it, nobody was running to go get to go work for this owner in the situation. Basically, the way he's managed the team over the last few years. From the ESPN report. Um Yes, Evero and Raheem Morris both also interviewed for this job. Okay. Uh, in their analysis, they look at it, and of course, we can look at the Baker Mayfield piece, but Canales comes over from Seattle. So he's all, he was also an orchestrator behind Geno's success there um, in you know, 2023, uh, or 2022, sorry. Um, and then Russell Wilson in 2020. Um, his he had a good year. So then you're looking at that, and then you're looking at the success of Baker Mayfield. And what do two of those three have in common? Undersized. And who's the quarterback that you just took first overall? Undersized Bryce Young. So if if there if you're looking to get the most out of your pick, which by all reports was your guy, because we, again that was part of the dysfunction we heard from the first step with Frank Reich and everybody like that. So if that's the guy you want, then you'll get a guy who knows how to work with those kinds of quarterbacks. Now which is the question is, is with his fast ascension through the NFL ranks, does Canellis really have what it takes to be a head coach now? Because when you task a head coach with working with a quarterback, the head coach's job is supposed to, is supposed to be to manage all 53. You're absolutely right. So now, if you're going, if you've got him just focusing on Bryce, then who's managing the rest of the roster? Well, that's the reason why I say that. I mean, you make some valid points about his time with Russell in 2020 or Baker or whatever. But reality of it is, is that I'm judging this take that I'm giving you. What what it smells like to me? I mean, because they've got to sell it to the fan base. But what it sells to me is number two. I'm talking about the candidates that are available in this year. It's the same thing that I said about Dallas Cowboys with Mike McCarthy. Like when you've got these candidates okay and it's not like you know there's only two you know they're only can pick one job it's like but when you talk about not hearing them going after a Harbaugh or going after uh you know a, a Bill Belichick or going after that because the one thing you said I agree with you we it's fine you know Baker had a good year with Tampa you you were you were with uh Gino what have you but reality is can you it's about fixing the Panthers too you know, it's it's about fixing the Panthers. So you're right. There's been some good coordinators and there have been some good quarterback coaches, but they don't make great coaches. And when you're burning through coaches like this owner is, that that's a question in regards to where you can't just be tunnel vision and say, well, you know what, man, I've got, you know, Bryce Young and he's basically only 5'10 if he's wet or tall standing on cleats. And I need a is this guy a leader of man? We don't know because his name hasn't really been burning. And I don't mean he can't be successful. I'm just telling you the, what it looks like. And due to the fact that there is no reports that he went after these other guys that are qualified, then it's more of like, hey, 
I probably can't get those guys, not because of money, because they're not they're not going to take the chance to work for me in this franchise in regards to what's surrounded in the stability. You know, you fired a coach one and done. Those those things matter. The other fact of it, too, and this is where if we go by your analysis from this year about young teams with quarter, who take quarterbacks and what you should do at head coach, Bill Belichick, defensive-minded. Mm-hmm. Harbaugh, uh, looking in both ways, I think more offensive-minded than anything, but he might have just declined the job, the, inter- the opportunity to interview. Pete Carroll, defensive-minded. Mike Vrabel, defensive-minded. And mm-hmm. so when we looked at this year's candidates for head coaches, we noted that most of them were fired because they were defensive. You know, the off- their offenses weren't taking off. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, the candidate pool for offensive-minded head coaches wasn't quite there. Um, and, and you look at their hiring last year of the hiring you know phase from last year, they went offensive minded again with Frank Reich. But again, they looked at a they still took a quarterback who didn't play to Frank Reich's uh, you know, strengths. So now you're you're bringing in. I, I will give them a, a a positive grade for bringing in an offensive minded head coach with an with a young quarterback per, based on your standards. Based on my standards where I think that defensive coordinators could be in trouble because I think you the what you just laid out, the trend is going to offensive well, coaches. And having a young quarterback. Right. But you pair well, a young quarterback with an offensive minded coach. If they would have gone to Vero or Raheem Morris. So all the experience offensive minded coaches that's had coaching experience before is off the table. Um I I, I literally can't think of one that's available right now. Cliff Kingsbury is available. He coached in the NFL. I mean, I mean, I'm look. You came I, up I, one. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, this to me, like you're right in in what you're saying because that is that's what I do believe is going on. But I'm thinking like like you said, you brought up a Harbaugh. Harbaugh, we're going to take this job. But why is the reports that hey we reached out or was going to have a scheduled interview? Harbaugh is is a hands on or what he can develop quarterbacks. Okay, whether you're six three, five ten, five five. Okay. He's not, you know why he's not picking up the phone? It's like the chick that's a dime piece at the bar. If you only have five and you short and a little overweight, are you going to go holler at that one or are you going to holler at maybe the one that's a six? If you're confident. Well, that's fine, but I'm just telling you straight up, the owner, Tepper, he knew uh, he's not – Harbaugh, okay, other coaches you want to say, that they wasn't picking up the phone to go work for him. But – Props to him. He got a job. There's only 32 of them, but there's a lot of guys that would give their right arm to have, whether regardless of whether this owner might get pissed off one day and fire me in week 10. You know, those things matter. But the crazy thing to me, I start thinking, like, isn't that be funny? What is the Panthers fans going to do if it brings back Baker Mayfield with them? That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Um, because technically, I mean, I don't think that's really too much a reality because, again, they they've gave up too much. To move up to get Bryce Young, so you got to have a guy, and hopefully this guy can make it work. Because I'll tell you this right now, and I've told AC this week, uh, boy, one of Steichen, I think he deserves some Coach of the Year votes. Um, I think he did a good job with the Colts that no one really had them expecting to even compete or have a chance come Week 17 to win a playoff game or to get to the playoffs. He's all going to be judged on, on from me, and I think he should rightfully be judged by the masses on his development of Anthony Richardson. That's why he got the kick. Okay, so so it comes down to where, you know, you have to it's still one of those that you've got to 
you still got to run the team and you got to understand what's going on. Perfect example, and then we can segue to look at what's go, go listen to Nick Sirianni's press conference, man. Nick Sirianni is talking about how he is motivated to prove quote unquote people wrong or to show that this was a nominee. They fired their defensive coordinator, they fired the offensive coordinator. Nick Sirianni even got asked and kind of in the press conference, like, uh, so what is it you do here? Like it was that sounds like a guy that has lost major confidence and you take two coordinators away and all of a sudden they do a moonwalk Motown 25th anniversary Michael Jackson back this year. From a defensive standpoint that couldn't get any pressure from the rush for the most part of the season, and an offense that was so lost, and the only reason why they got to 10-2, because they were just more talented than the teams they were playing early on in September and October of the season. So, uh, good luck to this young man. Um, but I just feel that, yes, you you got to get somebody that can relate to your quarterback and be innovative, offensive-minded, but you also got to get a person that can relate to 52 guys and 48 guys and be a leader. It's different when you can just sit there and go meet with, you know, a room or, or unit of four to eight guys, some receivers or offensive, but in regards to where you got to check in meetings in the defense and you got to check on the special teams, it, it's, a, it's a little bit different. But, hey, we'll see. So we've got, we've got Carolina's job filled. We've got the Chargers job filled. We've got New England's job filled. So right there, that is Carolina, Chargers, New England, the Raiders. So we've got four jobs filled out of, I think, the eight that we had going into this, or nine, or where were we at? Uh, Tennessee's filled. Yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, that's right. Tennessee's got the gig. They got the uh, uh, the Callahan Bengals. from the Bengals. Yeah. Another offensive-minded guy with Joe Burrow. Can he sprinkle a little dust, you know, this way for us, you know? Um, I told you a few weeks ago, man, if you're a defensive coordinator, you got to be pretty much, I mean – D'Amico Ryans is showing you that, like, first of all, it's it's going to be far in between with the D'Amico Ryans where the lead's going. But what did D'Amico do, though? He went probably got the hottest upcoming offensive coordinator because I guarantee you he's going to have him maybe for one more season if he's lucky before he's going to get the gig this time next year, speaking of the Houston Texans offensive coordinator. But D'Amico Ryans is a defensive coach, and coming from San Fran and Kyle Shanahan, he grabbed the guy that he knew that could help him offensively handle that while he basically obviously is a leader of men and pretty much can control and still work that defense. And that's just the state that we're in right now in the National Football League. So technically we've got how many jobs opening left? So we've got three left. Uh Uh-huh. Um, the Atlanta Falcons have announced that they've completed their second interview with Bobby Slowick, who, again, that's the offensive yep. coordinator over there in Houston. Um, Bill Belichick, of course, that's the only job that we've really heard of him interviewing for. Washington's job is still open. And then the Seattle of the Seahawks. And, and I am hearing a lot of Mike Vrabel and Seattle connections. The um, defense would love it. Well, I, but I think Mike is a leader of of men, and he's more defensive side. I mean, it'd be interesting to see um, how he fills out his staff. And honestly, I, I'm very intrigued to see Harbaugh fill out his staff. This is going to be interesting. I, I I bet you a dollar to a donut the Michigan defensive coordinator is coming with him. I'll put that out there right now. I think he's there's going to be a couple people, but I think the defensive coordinator. Matter of fact, I think he has spent some time in the field. I, I'd be shocked. 
if Harbaugh, if he if he's not one of his first or second hires that's coming with him. But um, let's see how the staff handles out. But Slocum, yeah, for Houston, like I said, he's interviewing. He's on his second one now. And, and to me, um, Houston will be lucky if they kind of retain him. But I don't see him, I mean, by next year, even if he comes back to Texans after that, and you, you, you only, you know, unless there's a major, you know, sophomore wall that C.J. Stroud hits, he ain't gonna stick around uh, that much longer. Eight seven seven three seven grind. Um, okay, so transitioning a little bit uh, to the NBA, um, let's talk about it. All right, last night uh, the San Antonio Spurs got rocked at home by OKC, one forty to one fourteen. Uh, Victor had 24 and 12, four assists, four blocks. Chet had 17, nine rebounds, four assists, and three blocks. So the event everybody came to see, I mean, I guess we would give the nod. I mean, even though they lost, we give the nod to Victor uh, maybe in that uh, matchup. Uh, the reality of it is, though, you know, because of me, you know, I pay attention to everything. Um this was a national televised game. And it was on the four-letter network. And they sit there and waited for the whole completion of number nine Auburn against unranked Alabama before they joined this game. Horrible. Well, it kind of puts it in perspective, though, for you. You can call it horrible, but it tells you uh, what, has, what has fallen at East Houston Street. That's why it stuck out to me. And well, then the Thunder and, uh, too. Well, the Thunder yeah, the I, one team in the West. well, I get it was disrespectful to both parties. Well, first of all, I mean, they had a 17 minute delay in that Auburn and Alabama game. Um, but yes, yesterday Oklahoma took over the number one spot. But due to the fact that most of the people probably figured it was going to be a lopsided game like that, despite of us looking at Chet, that's why that decision was made. You think if that's do you think if that's Golden State versus the Lakers or if that's Lakers versus Suns they were they didn't they didn't join that game to damn near the second quarter. They had it over on ESPN News. ESPN News. They didn't even put the spelling bee on any ESPN News. But to the game. Um Look, man, it's, you know, when I look at that game, it, again, the thing that's puzzled me the most is, like, you know, it's the identity. I'm just going to keep going to that. I swear, like, if sometimes the next time I go into the gym at Lifetime, I'm going to peek over there to the court. They got a full-size court over there, and I swear I would see most of the games. And they're guys on lunch breaks and days off playing the type of system and style of basketball that the Spurs play. That's one. Just basically no no rhyme or reason. It is just what it is. Um, in regards to Chet and Oklahoma, I want to make a comment to them about them when we get back. And when we get back, we're going to hear from Giannis. Giannis met with the media. They played their first game since firing Griffin. I want you to hear this, and I'm going to give you my thoughts on this and the major problem that I have with it when we get back. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro DeBell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Spinning the One and Twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. 
a dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, Shout. cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 